Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. One for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Hope everybody had a wonderful and productive Labor Day long weekend as we get set uh, for football here. Coming up on the, in some areas, Des Moines, uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list. We are going to uh, hear from Dave Sprout. At the bottom of the hour, he covers Iowa State at KASI. Uh, Jamie Paul. Matt Campbell, part of the Coach's Show last night uh, that aired on uh, this station, as well as KASI, the first Iowa State Coach's Show of the year. A couple of nuggets that came out of that. Still no depth chart, at least there wasn't uh, last time I looked, which was about 15 minutes ago, keeping that one Close to the vest, I guess. <laughs> uh, coaches, right? Yes. Just kill me. Uh, so we will uh, hear from Dave Sproul at the bottom of the hour. 11.05, Scott Dockerman, who I believe is also going to be in Ames on Saturday morning, covering that game for The Athletic. We'll get the latest on Doc uh, as far as the Big Ten. This is a big week, Trent. This is a big, the, uh, the votes, well, it was supposed to be Thursday, then it, no, it was supposed to be Wednesday, then it was Thursday, then no, it's going to be Friday, and maybe over the weekend, and for, for sure on Tuesday, <laughs> Sir Yacht? Yeah, yeah. Can we can we conclude Sir Yacht is full of crap? This did. If if you're wondering who Sir Yacht is, he has made a name for himself on Twitter. He's got the Big Ten fan base eating out of his hand. I hope the dude's right, uh, but he's, he's been pushing it back. When, he's been wrong about a dozen, uh, two dozen times but now. But you know what, Trent? He's dying on that hill. Yes, he, he is. really and truly is. Uh, so anyways, we'll get the latest from Scott Dockerman on college football. From a real reporter. From a real reporter, absolutely. Scott, yeah, look, at Sir Yacht might get this one right. I mean, well, if you a, keep guessing, well, sure, ultimately. But I don't think that, I mean, his inside sources, for, for in the first place, this guy has a update from his inside source mm-hmm. every hour. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that inside source is a little busier than keeping Sir Yacht in the loop. You would think so, yes. <laughs> Who knows? Um, look, everybody's clinging to hope. We want this dude to be right in the worst way. We don't think he will be, but he's certainly got a lot of people that are following him. I don't know where he was starting as far as his numbers of people following him on Twitter. He's up to about thirty grand now. Um, so Scott Dockerman and then Zuba Mahante, Trent and I will go around the world of sports. It's opening week in the NFL, ready or not. Here it comes. We've got point spreads. We've got matchups. We've got games. You've got Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback. Uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Iowa State's in a big football game. Mike Golick 
Sr. is going to be a part of the broadcast team, 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. And then once Learfield gets in, down the dial for the first time on WHO, I believe it's the first time, a Cyclone sound-off show uh, with uh, Heather Burnside and Emery Songer. They'll be on, and they'll opine on the game and take your calls, similar to what Hawkeye Soundoff done, has done for oh so many years. But Cyclone Soundoff will be on uh, WHO. So help me out, because I don't know. Yeah. And maybe you don't either. Does Learfield Cyclone broadcast after the game go as long as the Hawks? Yeah, pretty close. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's, uh, what, about that hour and a half right in that Mirror range. Mirror each other with interviews and yep. a few calls, right? Because I think Williams and Jack Whitford do that, mm-hmm. call in, the reaction, whatever yep. it is. It's, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned the, the broadcast and the game notes are out for the game. Are, is there a depth chart? There's no depth chart at all inside, inside the game notes. Raging Cajun's depth chart out? No, well, I haven't looked. At, at the Raging Cajuns oh, so yet. So they're not part of Iowa State's gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But the, the depth chart isn't there. They do have the numerical and alphabetical roster, mm-hmm. but no depth chart as of yet. Will we get a depth chart? Well, I should. I mean, I would, if we do every other right. game, um, coaches are so paranoid. <laughs> It's so paranoid. Yes. Uh, just, you know, give us a little nugget. I'm, I'm sure that the, the press conference is some point today, the media conference, Matt Campbell's weekly avail. Mm-hmm. So I anticipate it sometime. Good, yeah. Although there was a, um, the uh, Big 12, uh, all the coaches were heard from yesterday during the teleconference, and a lot of them put out their depth chart at that time. So anyways, a lot of ground to cover, Trent. We got uh, some baseball from over the weekend. I watched a ton of it. Uh, the puck hasn't been, wasn't real good on either case. Both teams coming off short rest, got drilled. Am I screwed with the Islanders? Yeah, you are. Whoa. Tampa's the best Every time I play. flipped over, there's another goal. It was unbelievable. Well, look, Tampa had a week off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the Islanders played a game seven 48 hours prior. So you didn't think they were going to have much left in the tank. Likewise with Vegas, and they got uh, they got beat by the Stars. So uh, hockey's been good. I just want to start with a couple of plays I watched in baseball because there's so much to talk about. Although yeah. the college football was awful, it stunk. Awful. It was so bad. Yeah. It, what, were, what were you most entertained by? Oh, jeez. You know, BYU Navy, I was hopeful in that. Zach Wilson, after I found out he had an Iowa offer. He did, yeah. It was down to him and Petrus, right? Yep. Um, And uh, they they had visits set up for both of them. Petrus took the visit uh first, and... He made the commitment, so Zach Wilson didn't even make his way to Iowa. And BYU's fortunate that he yes. did because he was nice really player. good last night. I think it's probably a really good betting angle that we can, if we can, glean the information of what teams didn't tackle in the month of August. Because <laughs> oh, no, Navy, that's pretty important. Yeah, that is really important. <laughs> as we saw, what was the number? What did the game go off at? Two, two yeah, and a half. It was right in that range. Yeah, less than a field goal. Ugh, and beat him by fifty-two for crying out loud. It, it was off. So to your point, to your question, what was I most entertained? A um, little Memphis, Arkansas State. That was okay. It was okay. You know what? One of the things I was most entertained by, and maybe this is going on and I haven't noticed an NBA official or an NHL official, the, they're holding their whistles in college football in their hand like a flashlight. Yeah. Did you see that? I heard them talk about that leading in. I guess I didn't even glean it. Allison Williams, I believe is yeah, her name, yeah. was on the sidelines last night. Does a really nice job. And she had one of those... Flashlight type. I said flashlight, by the way. Um, one of those, I don't know how long it would be, like six. I'm trying to describe what it would be like. But instead of blowing the whistle, you push a button. Mm-hmm. And it makes the whistle and sound. And it makes the whistle sound um, in the air of COVID. So, because when you blow a whistle, your spittle comes absolutely. out of the top of that. 
So as, as bad as the games were, maybe that was my biggest takeaway. That's where we are. It was bad. Trent. Better this week? Oh gosh, I hope so. Thursday night we got a good one. Yeah, we've got the we've got the Texans and the Chiefs. Well, in the college ranks too, UAB at Miami. UAB live dog. Are they getting two touchdowns? Okay. All this right. little nugget here early in the week. Well, I'll be back and forth with that one. But to the baseball, just real quick yeah. on the baseball, because your team made a play that I was just just beside myself. Oh, my God. And so did Luis Robert. Did you see his catch on Saturday night against? Dude's a star. It's un- The ground that he covered to make that catch in what would have been, I guess, right center going to his left, I thought there's no way in hell. Uh, and, and he comes up with a baseball. But I thought it was even... That play was surpassed by the very rare infield walk-off single <laughs> by Byron Buxton, who beat out Trent. And A chopper. I, that, just that. the speed yeah. that this dude showed from getting out of the batter's box to first base to send the Twins to victory lane was amazing to watch. And it was, I said chopper, and that's not even the correct term. It was a no, hopper the, over Right, to because it wasn't way up in yes. the air. It was a ground ball yes. to the third baseman. Not deep and short, nope. not deep in the hole, not the second it, baseman ranging towards second. 99 no. guys out of 100 are thrown out at first. You mentioned Luis Robert. And White Sox fans, there's just something about watching a great center fielder, yeah, a fast center fielder, that is so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And watching him track balls down. I've been... Been very lucky in my life as a baseball fan, yeah, as a Twins have. fan, <laughs> yeah. from Kirby Puckett uh-huh. to Torrey Hunter, yeah. now Byron Buxton. The way they patrol out there, and you can argue merits of hitting and back and forth. Mm-hmm. And Buxton still is not a great hitter, but that play there, yeah. there's no chance. No, nope. there's no chance you beat that. As in another part, he's right-handed. Right, exactly. That, that's point. an extra step. It is that he has to get over mm-hmm. in order to get over to first base, and he was able to make that bang bang play. They win oh, that one. Really, the only game they lost of the weekend. They Bullplay blew it yeah. Sunday, I think. Yeah, gave I that one up. Watched a lot of your twins, Trent. And how about Justin Morneau? Did you? Uh, it's just his voice. Yeah, he's better. He's getting he, better. He absolutely knows the ins and outs of the games, and uh, you know that he's talking about where the catcher's glove's going. If the catcher's bringing his glove back into the words, it's probably not going to end well. Mm-hmm. So you're learning, not learning, but you're hearing some of the what he's as as a, as a pretty good hitter. Um, what what he's going through his mind and. Um, yeah, he was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I, Talks I, the analytics, goes a little yep, deeper than, yep, than what Bert. you get with Burt, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I, I felt like he was a little bit more, there was a little bit more tone to his voice. It wasn't the monotone that you're used yep. to, kind of with Morneau early on. It felt like maybe he's settling a little bit more. He's feeling and he's understanding, yeah, this is the addition. Audition. Yeah. I, I got I to gotta put my best right. foot forward now going forward. And all those little notes that you've been getting, yeah, definitely take those yep. notes and push forward with that. But entertaining there. Um, how much Cubs cards? I did watched. You I watched um, of the entire series. Um, I shouldn't say every inning, but right. certainly way more than uh, I should have. Um, look, <laughs> it, it, if the Cubs don't have Darvish or Hendricks on the mound, they're in deep water. Yeah. Lester's awful. Mills not much better. Uh, though I think he pitches. Does he pitch tonight? Cincinnati's in town. I keep waiting for these Reds, but I just think they're running out of days. They are uh, to make this thing work. Cardinals, Cardinals are good. Uh, Javi Baez was uh, three for four yesterday. Trenton, they're all infield singles. I mean, I get it; they count. Maybe that's going to be the the thing that kickstarts his offense. But boy, oh boy, Bryant's starting to come out of it a little bit, but he's not hitting for power at all. Mm-hmm. Rizzo's numbers are down. Um, 
we 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 know Schwarber, what Schwarber's going to give you, right? He's he'll hit two thirty <laughs> and he'll hit a bunch. But of But when he hits one out yeah. of the ballpark, you're just going to be uh, jumping up and down. Uh, anyways, baseball was good. Uh, my Blue Jays are very much alive, which yeah. is a head scratcher to me. Not that anybody cares. Uh, Blue Jays don't really move the needle in this market. Stay but ahead of the Yankees. I, I just, that's what you're looking for, yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm a big Blue Jays them. fan going forward. I bet you are. I don't think you're alone. Yeah. Um, the college football was brutal. I want to go back to Friday night because I think, Trent, most people that follow high school football, even you know, from the fringes, as I would consider myself that person as well, um, thought that Dowling was up against it a little mm-hmm. bit here. Absolutely, yeah. Because Valley's got a four-star quarterback. Valley's loaded. Dowling's still working things out. Both teams struggled in week number one, but this is Valley's year. Well, it wasn't Valley's night. It was Dowling's night. They blanked them. What happened? It was really just the dominating performance out of the Dowling defense and what they did up front. The Valley offensive line. I mentioned I talked to Coach Swenson a couple of times last week, and he well, said— we heard his audio. Yeah, and and when he said that, what he knew was going out over the air, he was concerned about what they were up front. And he was talking about Rubley at one point. He said, it's hard to make throws when you got guys at your feet the whole time. Uh, that went to another level on Friday night. Dowling was all over him. The Valley offensive line could do absolutely nothing. They ha- have it officially for seven sacks. Felt like it was 17. It, it was just yeah. every single time he dropped back, there was pressure in his face. He tried to get outside the pocket. He's not overly fast quarterback by mm-hmm. any means. He's certainly not How a dual threat. 6'2", 6'3". He's uh, in that range, but he is a pocket passer. And when you have that kind of pressure coming, there's nothing you can do. It doesn't matter what you have on the outside offensive line doesn't block it, and that was the case. Is there hope for that line? Is it young? I mean, what's going on? It's new, and, well, Valley as a whole is new. Remember, they replaced all their starters from a year ago, even with the D1 players that they have, with Jaden Williams, who was a backup last year Mm -hmm. at the running back position, and on and on. So it's five new starters up front. It's a good offensive line coaching staff. They'll do, I'm sure, a good job by the end of the year. I don't think it's going to be dominant. I don't think it's going to be a great offensive line by the time we get to November, but they have a lot of work to do there, and Dowling... Came down, first two possessions, right down the field, boom, boom, couple of touchdowns, jumped on early, and really coasted from there. It was mm-hmm. a pretty pretty easy victory, and to be frank, kind of a boring second half. Was it really? Valley couldn't get anything going offensively, and Dowling just sat back, all right, we'll run some clock when we get the ball back, and went that way. But they did it early on with their short passing game, which is a little bit of a surprise, too. Expect Dowling to rerun in the football. That wasn't the case. It was their, their short passing game that was really, really good. Disappointing effort out of Valley overall. That offensive line needs a lot of work. And, well, again, now we're looking at number number 8, 9, 10. How far is this thing going to go for Dowling Catholic? Well, um, what else did we learn for this weekend? Waukee, kind of an upset there, right? That was big time, yeah. And uh, talked to Emery and uh, listened to him a little bit Friday night going into that game. And he just anticipated, after what he saw Waukee against Southeast Spoken Week 1, that Ankeny would have their way. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the case. That big jump that we see a lot of times from Week 1 to Week 2, that was the case out of Waukee. Ankeny, disappointing loss for them. And you can throw all these teams together, They're Dowling, because they still don't have a ton of firepower offensively. So is that their week? Not that their week. Is that yeah. their concern? Yeah, their defense has a couple of cracks, gives up a couple of big plays, then maybe you know, this is a team. It's not an overwhelming team. Dowling isn't. And because of that, 
I think you can still throw this group of teams together with Southeast Polk, with Ankeny, mm-hmm. with Waukee, Valley, Dowling. You put them all together, and I think any of those teams still can go on, march on to a state championship. You know, what I, I saw over the weekend, uh, Southeast Polk is, is potentially playing a team from Nebraska this week? Yeah, you mentioned that to me. I hadn't seen anything over the weekend. so I, I, did they, Who were they scheduled to play this week, um, I wonder? Were they scheduled to... I mean, Maybe one of the city schools? Maybe. That's where we sit today. And, and, and where are we on that now? I saw that a judge exp- anticipates he's going to rule on whether to grant an injunction. He says today, right? Yeah, yeah. Today, today is the day that we're going to hear on that possible injunction mm-hmm. if it's handed down by the judge and allowing these extracurriculars to go on, football, volleyball, band, whatever it may be. I saw Hoover practice yesterday. Roosevelt was on the field Saturday for sure, and mm-hmm. then they marched to the governor's office yesterday, I want yep. to say. Governor wasn't there, though. Wasn't she? Yeah. Hundreds of people, but I'm marching to the mansion. But yeah, they made their point. Yeah. They, they made, made their point. point. They yep. did. She didn't know they were coming. <laughs> she she knew they were coming. Yeah, she did, for sure. Uh, I, mean, I don't anticipate she was going to come out and greet them or... You know, offer him to give a quick tour of the mansion, but <laughs> well, you don't have to let them all inside. Yeah, well, not in this time. You can't let them all inside. No, no, so, def- definitely. What do, you, not. what do you anticipate? Any? Do you have any idea? Here's one thing that I've heard uh, murmured a few different times from some different people, both in Iowa City, as they also right. they were practicing late last night. Where City they? High was That's great. And uh, what do you mean late last night? Like it was nine o'clock, and they were still out there on the practice because they field could practice till midnight. Technically, till midnight. Till midnight, right? till it yeah. became Tuesday. Right. Gotcha. So, uh, and it was uh, Dan Gable's daughter. She has a son that that's on the football and baseball team at City High, and of course, the wrestling team, as you'd imagine. And uh, but it was a picture from her saying, "And hey, maybe they'll just stay out there till midnight." Good for and, them, and possibly the last did. time. But somebody uh, mentioned this to me, both from Des Moines and from Iowa City. They don't have to shut it down as it pertains to actually playing if they want to. Now, this will not be sanctioned by the Iowa High School so, Athletic Association. So, so, hang on a second. Let me yeah. make sure I got this straight. They, even though they're not allowed to play, there's no extra curricular activities. Mm-hmm. Are they defying anything by doing that? Or well, they, I, just... they, they definitely would be. Yeah. But what is stopping them from having an exhibition Friday night? East Hoover. Or I just Roosevelt going to go over and play Iowa City so, City but, but the game wouldn't count anywhere, right? It wouldn't count, no. It wouldn't count in the standings. It wouldn't be authorized by the Iowa High School Athletic Association. Wouldn't be any of that, but... Has, has anything like that ever happened before? Well, I don't think so. I don't think... Well, we've never really dealt with anything like this before either. But what would stop them from having an exhibition game Friday night? And well, still, can, can they... They can't practice then, can they? Unless they go... Can they? I don't know. I mean, who, who are they defying? They're defying can, the government. Can they use school property to practice? Could they... They would have to... If they're going to practice somewhere, they can't use the facility at the school, can they? The schools, if the school gives it the okay, the governor. But aren't don't they? Uh, doesn't oversight come from Des Moines schools on that? It does. Des Moines schools says, "Go ahead, practice." I don't know. It's a possibility at the very least. Now, I mean, the likelihood of this happening, mm-hmm. I think, is incredibly slim. But they wouldn't be able to use officials that are sanctioned by the association. They wouldn't be able to do that. But if you want to keep playing, you want to keep practicing. What is really stopping them? It's not like the governor's office is sending padlocks around to the <laughs> right. football facilities right. and the gyms across Des Moines right now and shutting them down that way. confiscated the pads. Right, right. All right, all the volleyballs, you're coming with me. Right. It's nothing like that. What would stop them? I don't know. We'll see what this hmm. injunction does, but 
maybe just something to keep an eye on if an injunction isn't granted to allow these extracurriculars to continue. If that happens, just keep an eye on that. So how many of the city schools were scheduled to play like a Southeast Polk? And is that the reason that SEP is looking for that game? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Because they were looking for a game and there was a school over in, I'm sure it was Omaha. That's that looking for a game as well. I'm not sure it was Millard or I don't know. I don't know. One of the big, big yeah, programs Yeah, one of the big name programs. And yeah. then look, Southeast Polk's top five, are they not? Mm-hmm, they are. And they've been playing really, really well here early on in the season. I don't know. I don't know how that would play out, how that would look at this point in uh, the scheduled games. This weekend, Friday night, yeah. you got Waukee at Centennial. Okay, that's good. Well, at Centennial's down and Waukee's coming off a big win. But... You got Dowling at Johnston. Okay, that's good. Ankeny at Fort Dodge. Mm. Council Bluffs, Abe Lincoln at Urbandale. Valley doesn't have a game. Because I believe they were scheduled maybe for a city school this week. Southeast Polk? Southeast Polk. There's nothing on the Iowa High School Athletic mm-hmm. Association website right now, now. But don't they have to get permission to cross state they lines? They do, too? yes. Um, I'm trying to find the game of the week this week. For think, you, you mean? I think we're bouncing down to 3A this week. Well, why not? Throw yeah. them a bone. Right. Probably a pretty good time to do so. But uh, yeah, just waiting on the possibility of an injunction. What's handed down as kids are starting class. Uh, got a text from one of my buddies trying to work while his kids are at home going through virtual learning over oh, in Iowa right. City. And, and so he's yeah, he, he's out of the house. Kids are at home learning. Yes. And I, his kids are in seventh and fourth grade, I think it is. So they got to bounce back and forth, stop mm-hmm. home every once in a while. If you go into the office that day, mm-hmm. you're only going to be in the Soft office turn. for a little while. It's difficult. Yeah, I get absolutely is. Absolutely is. All right, so what else from the weekend? Uh, so we'll find out, I guess, hopefully today whether, mm-hmm. you know, what uh, what comes of this uh, grant or request for a an injunction uh, that's been filed. And did Ames jump on this? I know Iowa City did as well. Ames had to have, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw some of the Ames athletes also marched with the, the Des Moines Good. Public School kids. Uh, a few of them made their way down from Ames for that part of it. Uh, Mark Amadeo from the Catholic Radio Network, the Dowling Radio Broadcast, uh, sent a couple of notes here. Southeast Polk was going to play Iowa City West this week. Okay, they're out. So that one was moved back. And an update of the schedule to be Western Dubuque, Indianola, coming up on Friday. So a long, long drive over for Western Dubuque, making their way over and trying to fill out that schedule. Yep, I understand it. Uh, what did we miss from the weekend? I just Golf? Wrote, did you watch any of that? I, I didn't. I watched I did. a little. Did you? Shoffley apparently was making some kind of a run. Yeah, but fell it, fell short. It did. Watch a DJ. You give him a ten stroke lead. Yeah, now, he's going to win. It really wasn't a ten stroke lead. I mean, there are other guys that are eight and six where they mm-hmm. started the tournament. There, I get what they're doing for this tour championship and trying to make it a tournament that leads into it. But they're just something incredibly hollow to be. Trent, I'm with you. Golf ends uh, with the with the PGA normally yeah. in August. I guess this is I now we it. got the U.S. Open. As you do. We still got the Masters. And the to Masters, go. and they blew off the uh, the Ryder Cup for for uh, until next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just there's just so much going on. September baseball, yeah. especially this year, it just it means so much more. NBA's going on. NHL is going on. You know, thank God. I don't know what you were watching last night. I I tried to watch BYU. It was terrible. Me too. The puck was god awful. Um, I found myself, at least for a little bit, of all things, uh, watching the Rockies and the Padres oh, on FS1. The new-look Padres, huh? The new-look Padres. Trying to figure that roster out. But um, the basketball was pretty good. It was. I was entertained. 
Joker is so much fun he's, to watch. He's a, he's an amazing player. Trey. Made uh made this pass in the third quarter. What can't he do? I, I don't know. Dunk over people, I guess. Yeah, well, we saw that. He's yeah. not overly athletic, yeah. but he's so good with the basketball. Mm-hmm. He's such a great passer. I remember telling one of my buddies that uh, likes to watch late night NBA. Neither of us are huge NBA fans, but I said. Watch some Nuggets games a couple of years ago. You'll be really impressed by this guy, and now he's just absolutely enamored with him and watching him play. But I texted him after that pass in the third quarter. It's just those are plays you don't see happen. Nope. That full court, get a rebound, spin, fire yeah. on a dime. And they just talked about his passing abilities at halftime. Right? Did you see that? Yeah. I don't then, remember which one was it. Was it Charles? Might have been Charles. They were just pointing out what a, what a great passer for a big man, and that's how we started the third quarter. But the way the Clippers just all of a sudden, with a snap of a mm-hmm. finger, clamped down defensively, mm-hmm. and, and they were so good. Fourth quarter, Trent, was all theirs. It was, what, a seven-point lead, I think, the Nuggets, with about nine minutes left, yeah. and all of a sudden you could just, it, it felt like a flip switch. It was switch. the tale of two halves, because yeah. they did the same thing at the end of the first half. Absolutely. To get back into it when it looked like mm-hmm. Denver was doing whatever they wanted through a, a lot of that second quarter. That was a really entertaining one. I didn't yeah. think this would be a series that I would be into a whole lot of the group. You got the, the Raptors making their comeback and making getting the next two games before the Celtics yesterday. Well, it feels like it's over, though. That game yesterday yeah. was... Yeesh. The Buck series with, with the continued conversation with Giannis, it's difficult to get into that mm-hmm. one. I think this series is the one... I was surprised they won when he went out. Even with the Rockers, Rockets and Lakers tied up at yeah, one. Yeah. I guess Clippers are most... Well, look, the Lakers, Lakers had to, um, they, that wasn't a foregone conclusion. They were going to pull that off late. So right. That might be the series. But yeah, this Lakers thing, and watching Monte Morris, and he got, I don't know how many minutes he played last night, 15, 16. Yeah, pretty big shot for him at one point. He did. He shot the ball pretty well mm-hmm. from what I, in the minutes that I saw uh, that he was on the floor. Real quick, saw something for the first time, and sadly it happened to the local horse that was in the Derby. Yeah. I've never seen a horse scratched in the paddock uh, in a big race like that before. Um, and I know that you know going back in time, it never would have happened because the horse wasn't on the uh, wasn't the most important thing back then. Sadly, I mean, now we're taking care of these equine athletes, uh, but for for a thousand words to get to the paddock and then flip over completely uh, onto his back and hit his head, they had to scratch him. And I just can't imagine getting a horse to the most famous horse race in the entire world to get him to keep him sound. Until that day, and then to get him to the paddock, you walk over with your horse, he's in the paddock going through the saddling process, and then for him to get spooked uh, and to fall over on his back and then get scratched at that particular point, I I couldn't imagine. A Baffert horse. A Baffert trained horse. And we saw, of course, the the training of the one that ultimately won. Yes. Authentic. I uh, didn't have him, but um, anyways. So that was the weekend. That's the weekend in a nutshell. We've got some rage and cage and conversation coming up next. Dave Sprout from KASI is going to join us. Talk about what a lot of people, Trent, truly believe is the best game of the weekend. Potentially. Yes. Has the chance. Now, we thought last night was going to be a pretty good game, too. The point spread floating back between a point and a half, two, two and a half, somewhere around there. It certainly looks... Unless Wake Forest gives Clemson a run at night. Don't see that. I don't see that. Duke any, got anything for Notre uh, Dame? That's what, 130? Yep. Maybe. Duke, I think uh, they, uh, a transfer won that quarterback okay. battle. Maybe I'll, he's an SEC transfer right. anyway. And then the middle of the afternoon, Florida State, Georgia, 
Tech. I think probably going to watch K State and Arkansas State just so we can get a look at K State and then finish it off the night with Kansas and Coastal Carolina just because the Jayhawks at some point will show up on the clone schedule. Uh, The keywords are finished. There's no keyword at this point. That promotion has run its course. I certainly appreciate everybody for trying. Wish we could have had more winners here at KXNO, but there were a number of folks uh, that listened to the other options inside the buildings that were able to put $1,000 into their bank account. Uh, we will take a break. Dave Sproul from KASI joins Trent and I next. We take you until noon. Uh, NFL, are we doing picks this year, you and I? Oh, yeah, we're doing picks. Are Come we? on. You what happened last picks? year? Do you remember how it ended last year? I'd have to look through the notebook. I think you've got me, though. I'm almost positive that you beat me last year. You had a really good run, like in October? I don't Something remember. like that. You had a good month where well, you really separated yourself, and I never could make up the difference. Yeah, I don't know... Um... Two college might be a little more difficult because we've done two college, two pro, and then our game of the week, pick of the week, which can be from either, would have to just be five games wherever you find, especially here early on. I'm I'm with you. You know, look at the the 12th and the 19th of September, not the shiniest weeks in college football by a long shot. Yeah. It's... uh, The 19th is even uglier. It is. It's tough. Because we don't have any Big 12. Well, outside of TCU... Oh, they pushed that game back to uh, and went to Oklahoma, no, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah, Oklahoma State, Tulsa, Tulsa, right? Also moved back to the nineteenth. Tulsa got some good news yesterday. They had a running back transfer in from the SEC that just got cleared, and they're really high on him. Uh, but they postponed due to the fact that they had to miss a bunch of practice time. Would they practice seven of the last seventeen practice days that they had? Missed, missed a bunch. Yeah. So they did the right thing. Uh, they did the right thing, and that'll give us another viewing option uh, for the nineteenth when uh, there's not a lot going on. Miller and Condon till noon. You're better. That's something to look at. Look at these teams, these these lower level teams, mm-hmm. and see have they missed a b- bunch of practice? We saw it with Navy mm-hmm. last night. Yeah. Although they were practicing, but how they do we find that out? There's beat writers. There's yeah. people. I mean. You really want to if dig you do in. your homework. You got right. a chance, I think, in a big time way. It's football. Yep. You got to hit. Hey, real quick, do you, are were you a five dimes customer? Oh, a long time ago. Okay, because yeah. you know that they pulled out of the U.S. markets this weekend. Oh, they did. They shut down. It it had been goofy here. Well, the the, the owner that play uh, the of the uh, of the company, an American, was killed oh. last year. So they, they, I mean, they found him in a cemetery. Hmm. <laughs> West Virginia, I think he's from. Different world. It's the, it's the wild, wild west. That's why if you're if you're playing, you've got legal uh, legal opportunities here. Thank goodness you don't have for to that. Do that anymore. Uh, Miller and Condon till noon is ten thirty. Dave Sproud joins us when we come back. Uh, we'll uh, recap the uh, uh, the coaches show from last night. A couple of nuggets that came out of that, as well as preview a little bit. Dave's going to join us uh, here at ten thirty. Scott Dockerman. Well, it is ten thirty. He's going to join us at ten thirty five. Scott Dockerman uh, kicks off the eleven o'clock hour. Zubin Mahente, our friend from ESPN, part of the eleven as well. Miller and Condon till noon. Run your way into Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 10. Their families. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, 
welcome back. Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460-K-A-X-K-X-N-O-K-A-S-I is where you we can hear Dave Sproul. Cyclones play on K-A-S-I, and he joins us. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How was your, I was going to say your final weekend off for some time, but the clones are off next week, and there's another bye week sprinkled in. But how are you? I'm fantastic. Enjoyed my holiday weekend very much. I hope you guys did, too. Well, I I know you did because you're a Twins fan, and <laughs> uh, the Twins had a very good weekend, with the exception of that blown exactly one exactly right by the bullpen on Sunday. But you can't uh, you can't have, uh, win them all. Anyways, Dave, I- Iowa State would like to get off on the right foot. As we've said since this game was scheduled, boy oh boy, uh, this is a tough opponent coming to town. The Ragin' Cajuns picked uh, to win their division in the Sun Belt. Senior quarterback, couple of running backs that can run the football. Skill position wise, this is going to be a tough test for what I think we all feel uh, is a pretty good Iowa State defense. But ready or not, uh, here come the Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, this can, this got the makings at least on paper. Point spread says it won't be close. I think it's going to be a little closer than that. This one could be a good one, Dave. Yeah, I think so, and it'll be interesting to see uh, if the two offenses can really step up and maybe put on a bit of a show for us. Uh, I do like high-scoring games myself, so I'm kind of uh, hoping for a little bit, a little taste of that uh, on Saturday. And you got uh, a good, really good quarterback. I don't know a whole lot about the Raging Cages, but I do know they have a, a really solid quarterback, and probably better than solid. I should give yep. more credit than that. And they have a coach in Billy Napier, whose whose name comes up a lot whenever there's a coaching mm-hmm. opening, and. You know, they're, they're talking about guys who could potentially replace some other guy in, in, in the Power Five, but then uh, his name comes up uh, from time to time as well. So uh, there's definitely going to be some talent on that field for the Louisiana squad, and probably more so than uh, you typically see in an early season non-conference game. Almost 500 yards of total offense a game last year, 38 points per contest. Obviously, the Sun Belt is different than the Big 12, but this is a team that can score and eight returning starters on the offense for the Raging Cajuns here. In a shootout type of game, if it turns into that, what would concern you about the off, uh, offense for Iowa State? Keeping up if we do see a high-powered Louisiana offense coming out there. Uh, maybe the biggest concern is the fact that, as of right now, we don't know for sure if there are a lot of, uh, or really any, uh, truly big play wide receivers. I, I know uh, Tariq Milton got a lot of speed and he can turn short passes in, into big gains, but he's now also not the kind of guy with the size to go downfield and outleap defenders. So do they have that in Xavier Hutchinson? Well, we don't know for sure right now. We'll get our first taste of that on, on Saturday. Do they have the other guys, Joseph Skates, et cetera, guys who will step up, you know, a little bit more as they mature into, uh, starting roles or at least more prominent roles in, in the receiving core? You know, you, you know what you got in Brees Hall. You know what you got for sure with Brock Purdy, and he can make guys into playmakers maybe more so than they, they might have been otherwise. But who's going to step up at receiver? Who's going to be the guy you go to when you need a big catch uh, beyond, you know, the Charlie Kohler types at tight end? Uh, you, you know you got a guy there, but he's not, you know, really going to run those deep routes for you. Who's the guy who's going to go long and really stretch the defense and make sure that, you know, you keep those guys honest on that side of the field? Dave, throughout the month of August, there's always those August heroes that seem to pop mm. up. And you mentioned Joseph Skates. It's a guy that I know the fan base has been very excited about. He was a very highly recruited player coming out of Ohio. Haven't heard that kind of buzz. Has, has it been more difficult to get any information out of camp here than you normally would throughout August camp leading into the season? Has it been different for you just getting those little tidbits that seem to trickle out? Yeah, sure. It's been very different because in a normal fall camp, 
you know, three or four days a week, uh, Iowa State will arrange to have um, a position coach come out. Not just It's not just Matt Campbell every time, but after nearly every practice, they'll have a position coach come out, talk about the guys, you know, they're working with, and you can really kind of get a deep dive on, on each spot on the, the roster. And that's how you learn about some of the guys who are maybe emerging in practice and, and coming on to be maybe surprises or maybe, you know, just guys who are really developing quickly. And you hear, you know, fellow players talk about, you know, a defensive back might say, well, this receiver is really looking good or the other way around or offensive lineman talking about defensive linemen and such. And you're certainly not getting as much of that because it's been very limited to the number of players and coaches we've had access to uh, during the off season. You know what I think? uh, And I believe that this question will get asked specifically uh, on the heels of last night's BYU Navy game. Navy didn't tackle it all in the month of August. Do you know if Haycock (laughs) had his defense uh, tackling some of the, uh, uh, some of the the running or whatever, just doing anything uh, that would mimic a true football game in the month of August. Navy didn't do it. They got ran off the field. I have to think that question's going to come up today uh, at Campbell's press conference. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting to, to get a take on that. i got to imagine Iowa State is out there hitting, and if they're not, they will be now right. uh, for sure. Uh, because, man, uh, if, if Navy showed us one thing, is that you need to – do some physical contact in in practice. I know you want to limit that as much as as possible, but there's still football to be played, and that means you got to practice. You know, they say you practice like you play, you play like you practice. However, you want to put that. Uh, you, you go out there, and you got to be physical in practice if you want to be physical in games. And Matt Campbell and his crew have never shied away from that. Really, uh, they've tried to be smart about it, obviously, and not get guys injured. Uh, and maybe they hit less than. They would have in a normal fall this season, but I'm, I'd be pretty certain in saying uh, they're, they're doing some hitting and uh, they're being physical in practice to some degree. We were talking about the game notes, and uh, as they were released, we didn't see the two deep there. I'm thinking back to a couple springs ago. I don't think there was a two deep that came out at that time. Matt Campbell, he's very buttoned up. He's not a guy that's going to throw out information when he doesn't have to, and since we're in the middle of pandemic, could you see this being a year where Iowa State just – does away with the two deep or or doesn't give us that kind of update that and also injury something that he's not always upfront about even more button up possibly this year for Matt Campbell and releasing even less information to the media yeah I think doing away with the two deep would result in a backlash at least among the media yeah, and, sure uh, the uh, yeah that Iowa State wouldn't want to deal with probably and and there is an expectation that uh, a two deep will be, a two deep will be released tomorrow and so maybe uh, that'll be a pattern going forward where um, they, they wait till later in the week to release that because of the COVID testing and they mm-hmm. want to know whose test results have come back. And maybe that'll be reflected on the depth chart or maybe it's just a week one thing where there's still, you know, a number of positions that are a little bit unsettled and they want to make sure that they get that squared away before uh, they put it in print. Dave Sprout, KASI, is our guest. Dave, what does um, we don't even talk about Brock Purdy? He's just a, a given that it's his job, and we think he's going to be really good. What do you think he wanted to get better at from his sophomore season to his junior season? What do you think Purdy spent the off season or what he could working on to try and better that aspect of his game? What is that aspect of his game he's working on? It's hard to imagine. Uh, really, there's one glaring weakness. Mm-hmm. I don't see one glaring weakness. I mean, there's always something you can improve on in little bits in every area to one degree or another. And I, He's a very uh, intellectual kind of guy. He takes a very intellectual approach to the game, too. 
And I, I think that would be probably his number one thing is just making sure, especially without a spring practice where you couldn't get out there and run around and work on physical things quite as much. Uh, I'm sure he spent a lot of time, you know, working and going over the playbook, studying whatever film he could get his hands on and a video, you know, to look at and break down as much as possible. And it, it was probably as much as anything, just by nature of the circumstances of the season, the focus really is on the mental game and, you know, making better reads and uh, being a smarter player all the way around and knowing your plays better and understanding, you know, defenses a little better and things like that. So I'd imagine that's probably the biggest thing that, uh, that Brock Purdy has been working on is just the mental side and, and preparation and from that aspect. You know, we saw the numbers late in the season start to dip. There was a lot of talk about an injury, perhaps a shoulder injury for Brock Purdy. Did we ever get any official confirmation what that was and, and health-wise where he is coming into the season? Yeah, I don't think it really got to be official until fairly recently that we knew for sure it was an ankle that was really bothering uh, Purdy. It was obvious in the Notre Dame game because he basically had to leave that game because he couldn't stand upright comfortably and throw the ball comfortably with that ankle bothering him. And I, it, it might have, you know, without a spring practice to really access players and coaches and get confirmation there, I think it took until earlier this fall for to, to really learn, yeah, that was an ankle problem and it bothered him down the stretch and it, it affected his game to some degree. You wouldn't believe it in, in some cases the way he played, but in that Notre Dame game, it, it was pretty clear, especially as that game went on, he was not 100% and couldn't just couldn't bring it like he normally does. And maybe that, you know, missing out on, on spring practice a little bit might actually help in that recovery uh, to a certain degree just to make sure he was able to get more rest to make it, make sure he's 100% going into the season. And it'll be interesting to see with this new strength and conditioning uh, coaching staff coming in for, for Iowa State. You know, if we see that fatigue that set in down the stretch last season it was really obvious in the Kansas State game that they just weren't physically up to the task in, in that matchup and the same with the, the Notre Dame game in the bowl. And it'll be interesting to see as the season goes along if Iowa State can maintain a higher level of physicality as the season wears on. That'll be a good sign for the Cyclone. Uh, Campbell praised his new strength and conditioning coach a couple of times last night, apparently, uh, during the uh, during the coaches' show uh, that airs Monday night on both KASI and KA, uh, KXNO. Uh, Dave, before we'll, maybe we'll do this on Friday, go on record as to what we think that this potentially this team's record could be um, if everything goes right in the worst-case scenario, what could go wrong type of thing, and obviously number 15 could go wrong if something happens to Purdy but it's going to be a fascinating race day because look uh, Texas and Oklahoma most people you can pick either one of those there's a lot of Oklahoma State love out there TCU's one of those dark horse teams but I'm not, I'm, I don't know I don't know why uh, Iowa State can't finish ahead of TCU I think Baylor comes back to the pack a little bit uh, going to be a fascinating race and there's a chance that Iowa State is that team you know is this year's Baylor uh, I, I think it's all uh, incumbent upon the offensive line. I think the defense is solid. We know the quarterback, the running back. I I have um, I have faith in Wilson and Sean Hutchinson and Skates that they'll be more than adequate. And we know what the tight ends bring. This could be the year, but that offensive line is that question mark, Dave. Yeah, and it's kind of remarkable to think about the last few years. Iowa State's managed to win seven, eight games, go to bowls, and there have been question marks on the offensive line every season that Matt Campbell has been here. Part of it is because some of the guys he inherited weren't uh, as physically and, and, well, actually, straight up, they just weren't as physically capable. They weren't at the same level as other Big 12 offensive lines. And I think you're seeing with the recruiting classes that Campbell has brought in, he's, he's brought a higher level of athletic ability to every position, basically, but the 
offensive line has been a little bit behind in, in, in terms of that, but he's talked uh, quite a bit, and he, I think he did it again last night, uh, you know, talking about the, the guys who are coming in as freshmen, and the redshirt freshmen and sophomores in, into this season who are ready to take the next step. Now, we're still, you know, waiting to see where three of the five, who three of the five starters will mm-hmm. be, but there's certainly a lot of confidence there in the physical abilities, the athletic abilities of this new kind of wave of, of offensive line. And you're right, that's kind of the last piece of the puzzle. If that group really gels and becomes a high-level Big 12 unit, then Iowa State will be ready to take that next step. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm 100% behind you. So when do you get Campbell today? Uh, noon. Noon. So we're just a little more than an hour away. Gotcha. And then Thursday, will you get Manning and Haycock via Zoom? I think you used to get them live last year, as you said, with a number of position coaches and coordinators. Do you get Do you get the two coordinators via Zoom on Thursday? Do you know? I do not know as of now. I think, uh, as far as I know, today is going to be the only availability. It'll just be Campbell and select players is what we've been told, so we don't even know specifically as of right now. Uh, which players will be speaking with the media. But I think that is it for the week, and then it's on to Saturday. Good stuff, Dave Sproul. Thank you. We'll talk to you on Friday. We'll uh, pick your brain as to what you learned between now and Friday uh, with the availabilities that you have. Thanks, Dave. My pleasure. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, KASI, Iowa State, plays on 1430 AM in Ames. Offensive line, Trent, if they get yeah. any production out of them. You know, we've we've talked about Louisiana just kind of in passing from time to time. Good team, and we always start good with their offense. Yeah. They're pretty good defensively, Are they? too. Yeah, they were uh, second in the Sun Belt last year. So this is a defense that also returns eight starters offensively, eight starters defensively. Uh-huh. It's not a layup on that side of the football uh-huh. either that Iowa it's State's just going to be. At number, you guessed seven and a half last week. Uh-huh. I was close. I think I said ten, and it was ten and a half. It's up to eleven and a half. If you're on the Cajun side, maybe wait. That thing might keep trickling up here this week. But uh, I'd be grabbing the points right now I if, I, if I had to make a bet. I would too. Week one, mm-hmm. right out of the shoot. Uh, I'm with you. Iowa State's solid defensively. They're going to be tested. This will be a good test for Iowa State as they get set. For Game day, uh, not going to make their way to Ames, though, for this one. No, they're in Wake it. Forest. Did you see that? I did. No, yeah, they're, they're going they really to Wake are. Forest. They're, they're, they're uh, going on the road. They are. And Wake Forest mm. now becomes one of those schools that until this weekend had never had game days. Yep. Was it Syracuse is still on that list? Syracuse Illinois, is. Minnesota, Minnesota get it for the Penn State game last year. Yes, for the first I time think they did. There's another Big Ten school. Mm. Oh, Indiana, Indiana is the other one. They've been the to Rutgers. They have, yeah, back in the Big East days. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, have they been to Kansas? They have not. That's uh, that's one of the Big 12s. I think it was just Kansas and Iowa State before last year that they hadn't been to. But that number is continuing to dwindle. Yep, indeed. Well, they'll be at Wake Forest, Clemson, and Wake Forest on uh, Saturday night. Uh, we'll take a time out, come back, finish the hour. Scott Dockerman starts off hour number two. And uh, then we'll hear from Zuba Mahente, our friend from ESPN. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KX, KX, why am I struggling? I don't know. What's today? going on over there? It's like there. the fourth straight time. Three, two, one. Uh, Miller and Condon back with more. 1460 KXNO and 106. 106- Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes here, the first hour of the week. Miller and Condon, 
Good morning, Sports Station 1460 KX, KXNO and 106.3 FM with you here until noon. Dan Patrick reporting that uh, there's not going to be a vote amongst the Big Ten schools. He says they simply don't have the votes. There's no sense doing so. Michigan, Michigan State are out. Illinois, Northwestern is out. Maryland and Rutgers likely on the outside as well. So that is, uh, of course, pushing away the hopeful October date. Is November still on the table? Yeah, I think that's probably... I thought it was 20, maybe 25, 75, 25 being they'll play in October, or in mm-hmm. November, 75 they'll play in January. I think that's 50-50 now for me. I think that there's legitimate hope uh, that they can come together and start the season on that Thanksgiving weekend. And, and I think a piece of that is also the Pac-12. Big who piece of it, yes. had said January 1st would be the earliest they would do anything inside mm-hmm. of athletics I with saw the rapid Larry, testing. Right. Larry Scott was out and uh, he was made himself available for a lot of mm-hmm. media opportunities this week. Wow. Well, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> right? We've wish, got something to sell. Yeah, I wish there was a uh, commissioner maybe uh-huh. uh, around here that would be doing something similar. Alas, that is not the case Kevin Warren can't survive this. I just, I can't you see know, him surviving. It's, now, if it was up to the fans, he'd have no chance. But he works for the presidents. He does. But public backlash. It's been not good, but it has been good. Trends. And the infighting that we've seen inside the Big Ten, mm-hmm. when, whenever we get so through this. So is he the scapegoat in this? Does he, Possibly, does he Is yeah. he the one that pays the price? Well, get a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made a mistake. I wonder who else Didn't was... have a college background. Right, you know, he worked right. inside of a professional organization, the NFL, for so long. That's kind of the way that they would cut away. And Wasn't it the Northwestern AD who had a lot Jim of Phillips. support right, yeah. for this gig? And now, hey, we made a mistake. We're oh. going to go back to academia. Mm-hmm. Here's Phillips. Serve it up. Pretty easy. He'll make the short drive. Won't even have to move. Right. No, he's, he wouldn't. He'll be in good shape there. And there's your new AD. I, I, it, there's just too much negativity surrounding him right now. Now, alas, if this all blows up, and the SEC has to shut down, and the ACC and the Big 12 have to shut down their seasons. Mm-hmm. Would you see Tennessee this past weekend? They, had, they couldn't practice. They had 40 positives. Yeah. Tennessee, SEC, so, playing September 26th. So that is, I guess, the hope from the Kevin Warren side of things? Well, you know what? It would be human nature for him to have a little bit of that. You know, mm-hmm. to just say the quiet part out loud, you oh, would hope. Um, we'll see. Hour number two coming up. Scott Dockerman kicks it off. Zubin Mahente will be here at 1125. Miller and Condon with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO at 106.3 FM.